Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I am your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph. And the listeners join us mid-conversation, as always, <laughs> uh, much. where... We'll, we'll we'll do our let's save our drink reviews for a little mm-hmm. while after so the, this is because yeah. this is still fresh in my mind but uh, I was talking to you that so there's a prescription that I take um, that it's not necessary really for me and actually I, I think I was also telling you that I think I'm going to start getting this from India but it's it's in alignment with my whole goal of living to several hundred years old mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I get this prescription from a company here in the United States and I was thinking about it. Like I had like a three day gap where they sent me my previous prescription, had enough pills for a certain amount of days. And then they hadn't sent me my refill and it's not supposed to come till tomorrow. So there was a three day gap where I don't have this prescription. And for me, it's not a big deal because I'm not going to die by not taking it. But Mm -hmm. I was thinking like there are a bunch of stuff that people have to take every single day and that if they don't take it, it would be detrimental to their health. Mm -hmm. And like, that's one of those things where I'm just like, how can you like in, in the age of your medicine being shipped to you, how can you allow somebody to have a gap? Like what if it was insulin, for example, like they, they're like, we're going to give you 20 days worth of insulin. I don't know if people have to take insulin every day or not, but Mm -hmm. They're like, we're going to, we're going to give you 20 days worth of insulin. And then on the 22nd day, they're like, whoops, we haven't shipped it. So you have two, a two day gap (laughs) where you don't have insulin. It's just a bizarre, a bizarre thing to me that like that I I get it for me. Like it's not a big deal, but for, if it was a serious prescription, it would be a big deal. And it doesn't come from the company I order it from. They contract with somebody Mm -hmm. with like a, a local pharmacy or something like that. And it's like, how is this not? How is this not filled yet? It it just well, doesn't make sense to me. But well, so like I think that's the like the whole idea of like a regulated market is like so I was listening to uh, Peter uh, Zion talking mm-hmm. to a a guy who was like it's like a logistics conference or something like that like freight shippers conference oh, keynote. <laughs> um, you you may have listened to the podcast, um, and he was saying like. Imagine the biggest supercarrier, not aircraft carrier, but like right, freight yeah. carrier. If it's sunk in the Pacific, it could be months to years before they knew everything that was on that manifest. Yeah, right. And that's like because shipping it, like despite every, you know, you and I's like opinion, like everything on the internet, like like it, it's inconceivable. Like big companies that have big warehouses don't know where all their inventory is. Like, yeah. You have air tags. Like you right. can literally buy Apple air tags and boop, boop, yeah. And you know, this used to happen when I worked at Toys R Us all the time, yeah. where where we would have to go we had these things where they would close the store for like two days and do like a massive mm-hmm. inventory. And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of times a part of that process, every every I think every five years, part of the process was to remove everything from storage. And one year that I was there, we, we removed everything from storage to inventory it. And we found a pallet of Super Nintendo games. And nice. I mean, this was, this had been 
like this was when the Wii was out. So like this was how many yeah, generations? Yeah, the, it's three generations back. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, that's kind of the thing is like, in this idea of like a super regulated market, the goal isn't to build efficiencies in. Yeah. Like the goal is to specifically like, you know, that it's like, why do you have a restricted product? And you have a restricted right. product. There, I mean, there, there are many logical reasons to have a restricted product like fentanyl. Like there are people who legitimately need fentanyl. There are people who legitimately want to abuse fentanyl. Great. There are people who should not have to come into contact with fentanyl ever in their life. Right. And fentanyl is very dangerous in higher concentrations. So it's like, it makes sense that you might have a restricted product of availability and stuff like that in a market because they can be physically dangerous like uranium and fentanyl sure. and meth like these things can be very dangerous just physically existing can be dangerous but like that's the like the problem with like these prescriptions it's like well they like the government can limit how often you can order them or like my yeah. wife's like uh birth control or whatever like she gets a prescribed number of prescriptions and then the pharmacy has to call the doctor yeah to get more prescriptions now all things being equal i didn't want to have babies before <laughs> i don't want to have babies now why do you need to talk to the doctor about it? it it's not like you're it's not like i'm being prescribed like an addicted like i'm sure there's somebody who's addicted to taking birth control let's set that fucker aside <laughs> it's not morphine it's not fentanyl it's not a item that is like inherently addictive yeah. to classes of people it's a product that you choose to take and if you're saying like i still don't wish to have children like what's the like it would be different if like it was one of those ones that like if you're over x weight you have to take this and like you know they've got to dial it in very specific and i don't think that's the case so it's like, well, what's the point? It's the same thing with yours. It's like, I'm trying to achieve this certain thing. If I'm not ordering them in any above, like, average frequency, <laughs> like, what? So, like, and that's kind of the one of, you know, like my wife being a speech language pathologist, one of the things that she helps people with dementia kind of like manage is and try to learn how to manage is a, routine for taking their medications right. and like your doctor doesn't know that this medicine has like adverse reaction with this medicine and they don't know all the medicines that you're on so therefore it's the pharmacist's job to measure that out and like they found with a lot of these like ai systems and like different things is like just computer reviews they're like the pharmacist, like, let's just pretend you're taking pill A. And pill A has, since it came out, known it can't be with pill B. Like, right. it's just, it's like you're taking, like, a blood thinner and a blood thickener. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this one's not supposed to, like, pill B is not supposed to thicken your blood, but it does. Yeah. And then, like, and how many times they find out, like, when they do these, like, computer-automated systems that review the medication, and they're like, yeah, these can't be served together. It's like, well, I've been taking them together for 15 years. It's like, well, no wonder you guys never got better. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, I mean, that does happen, too, like, where <clears throat> I can't remember who it was. 
but it was saying that like they got just put basically oh no, no you know what it was it was uh Pete Quinones had on his show somebody who was had was like trying to adopt kids from the Texas system and they were going through that like how doctors basically get paid to put foster mm-hmm. kids on medications and tons of them and yeah. I guess their youngest they were when they got him and brought him to a doctor and they gave him a list of the prescriptions the doctor was like oh my god like he's got to get off of these like like this is going to kill him yeah, it was, he's like, this is like double the dose that you'd give to a horse of all of these medications, and uh, and a lot of them were addictive, so they ended up having to like wean him off of them. Uh, but like, that was kind of one of those things where it's like he was going to all of these different doctors in the foster care system, and they were all like, oh, well, I get paid more if I prescribe a medication, so I'll prescribe one, and then another doctor prescribed the same thing, and instead of that being cross referenced or whatever, they were just doubling it up and I don't remember exactly the whole, the whole story for it, but it was something along those lines. It's along those lines where it's just basically like the people who are coming to you for assistance, i.e. the parent or the foster, like in the foster people, some of them may legitimately have been trying to just make sure the kid was okay. Yeah. And not and like, you can't have all this knowledge, but, and like, that's kind of one of those things where it's just like, um, there's rumors that NNM, so yeah. like is possibly no longer allowed by the FDA to be a like supplement. supplement. Yeah. <clears throat> and the rumor is that David Sinclair pushed this. Oh, interesting. And the rumor is because David Sinclair is trying to and our his companies are trying to come out with like a patented product or something like that. Yeah. Now, okay. whether that's true or not, and here's the thing is like David Sinclair, very respected, lengthening life researcher and very smart guy. Maybe like they legitimately found something to be alarmful for. Maybe yeah. he's throwing up the red flag on purpose because right. there is some, there is a danger. Maybe there isn't, we don't know. But like the idea that like, okay, here's a naturally occurring molecule that your body makes that you could take more of. And then they're going to somehow like block you from being able to get it and no longer have it on this. So they can make it a prescription medication. It's just, you know, this classic, like, okay, we're going to regulate because we can, and therefore somebody else can make money. And yeah, but there's plenty of companies who are already making money with this item now. Right. It would be different if like this company was coming out and saying like, Hey, we developed this molecule. We spent all of this money in the FDA system to get this patent. We're going to recoup some money. Like, don't agree with the patent system. Don't agree with the FDA. But yeah. I understand the idea of having like an exclusive when you had to go through all that to begin with. Now, I'm still kind of like, oh, shit, I don't look out on you. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, so. mean, that's, I, yeah, I think I, I mean, I think you're right. I think that's that's a large part of it. I mean, there's also, there's a bunch of stuff that, well, I mean, we went through this with COVID too, where there's a bunch of medication that maybe not the best for you to take it if you don't need it, but it's not going to kill you or it's not going to, yeah. I mean, like, like the, like, uh, the mosquito medicine, um, what's that, what was that called? Ivermectin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or malaria, malaria, not mosquito medicine. Malaria I mean, medicine. horse paste. Yeah. Horse paste. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, which is like, it's, it's widely used. 
yeah, it's probably not the best to take it if you don't need it, but whether it worked or not, it's not really hurting anybody. So yeah, just like, and, 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 and also we know that the placebo effect works. So just let people take it if they believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. And so. what I love about the argument and I get the argument people are making and I'm being shitty, but yeah, it's people who are like, Oh, and then the, the FDA and like Fauci and them said you couldn't take ivermectin, but the who has it on their most important medications. And it's yeah. like, that's a good fucking reason not to take it. The who that's wants true. you to take it. <laughs> like, that's you, true. You've got that's a true. point. Like, yeah. You shouldn't be taking this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is a good point. Yeah. I, well, I you really, know what's, like, what's so I, funny about quick, it? Okay. Like, yeah. I, I wish I was like more into meme culture. So like I could make that meme. Like I got the vid. Yeah. FDA says I shouldn't take the ivermectin. The who says I should? Oh shit! I can't take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, what I I mean, that's that's true. What it's like? I think then, that. Like, uh, what I'm going to do? I'll take crack instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, there was that. There was that. Those weird studies that were saying that people who smoke were much less likely to get COVID. So, mm-hmm. like, so it was kind of like it was like one of those things where it's like there's a bunch of stuff that it's not good for you, but might help. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if like there was like this huge uptick in smoking? during the COVID epidemic thing or whatever they call it. Like I, and that's the, I think there could have been. And, but like, like, so 4D chess, super conspiratorial going into COVID, there was this huge push to get people to just basically end vaping. What if they knew COVID was coming and all these people who had taken up vaping, it was going to kill them because they had destroyed their lungs. He's this cheap Chinese crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one time the government was looking out for everybody because they're like, it's going to escape. Fauci fucked up. Oh God, kill vaping. vaping. (laughs) We've got to save everybody. There was, I I, I think it was actually (laughs) Zion who was talking about this. It looks looks like at this point, China is going to uh, open up. So they're like, they're not really able to do COVID zero anymore just because just logistically and with their population, the way that things are going, it's just like, they're not in order to save face, they're going to do this, uh, this big push for vaccinations with their vaccine that works mm-hmm. worse than our vaccine apparently, which means it doesn't work just like ours. <laughs> but, uh, so they're going to do this big push and that's going to be what they're going to use to say, okay, we're going to open up, but the estimates right now are something that there will be like 90 million deaths or something like that. Like this is the Chinese projection, I guess they're going to be like, or or maybe it's 90 million people with that are going to get it. And some percentage of that, that are going to die. I can't remember the numbers exactly, but it was just like this astronomical number. And in my, you know, tinfoil hat on mindset, I'm kind of going like, is this just a way for them to come out with their actual population numbers and be like, we lost all these people, even though they've been miscounting it for like the last 50 years. So it's like, uh, how many people died of COVID? Zero. How many people did you adjust your guys' number down by? A hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all those 40 year olds died of COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll just be like this. I, cause the thing is too, is one of the things that they were saying back then I don't know. The thing is like, I've kind of stopped paying attention to a lot of the COVID stuff. So I don't know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the, which is, is, is kind of sad in a way because this was something that dominated our lives for so long. And already it's just not in my mind anymore. 
as like I because I was so incensed by it the entire time we were on lockdowns and mm-hmm. reading tons of articles and sub stacks and stuff like that about it. And now it's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that happened. And I'm still outraged by it. Like I, I really like, especially when like some of this new stuff comes out and I'm like, this dude should be in jail. Like Fauci should be in jail. Uh, Trump should be in jail. Biden should be in jail. All these governors should be in jail. (laughs) But uh, all that stuff is irritating me. But like, it's kind of one of those things where like back during all this, they were saying that Asians are more susceptible to it because of some receptor on their lungs that uh, other races don't have. Yeah, it's like SARS. Um, like they kind of found out like the original SARS was kind of really very dangerous for Asiatic populations, supposedly. And like, but like, I don't think the Mongols are included in that. So it's like, oh, interesting. Specific, okay. like, I could be wrong, but it was like <clears throat> not like Filipinos and not like Indonesians. It's like the Han Chinese, Japanese people, like that, yeah. those Asiatic populations, not India. Like, where you're kind of like, oh, okay, but that's, yeah, that's, it, that's interesting. Because well, because this is one of the things that Mary Ruert wrote about in uh, Healing Our World, uh, and she also wrote it at, in uh, in uh, Regulating Ourselves to Death, where like there's a lot of stuff that is um, like genetically predisposed. So like mm-hmm. groups, like so they, I can't remember what it was called, but it was this eyeliner that that they used back in like the 30s in the United States. And it was approved or whatever to go through by all of the agencies that approved stuff back then. And everybody used it. And then all of a sudden, all of these women started going blind. But turns out it's perfectly fine for everybody who's not of Spanish descent. And and for people who are of Spanish descent, they lose their eyesight by using this eyeliner. Mm-hmm. So like there or like and there's a ton of other stuff too. She talks about this in the book too, is like if it was like these regulating agencies, if they if you had to put aspirin through the trials today to be released, it would fail mm-hmm. because it causes birth defects in pretty much all mammals except for humans. And so like she goes through a bunch of these where she's like, not only does the FDA keep drugs away from us, they don't really have the ability to like prevent harmful drugs from entering the market like yeah. they, because they don't test for all of these things. Yeah. And that's, that's the, and that's kind of that thing. It, it like, so kind of going back to China, but like also kind of related to that, it's like, and I didn't listen to Zahan or Zion or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Prior to COVID. Yeah. And in fact, I didn't listen to him at all during COVID because like you only yeah. started talking about him really in the last six months. And that's kind of when yeah. I started hearing. And, and I, I think, and I think that's, stuff. yeah, I think that's when I, I don't remember where I heard him the first time, but I heard him yeah. somewhere and then read his book and I was like, wow, this is actually really interesting. So. Yeah. So like he was talking about like, co- like China opening up and then like their vaccines work worse than ours. And I'll come back to that point in a second, but he was like, Oh, they're going to have like 3 million people die a day or something like that. And I was like, under what statistic, like what statistical model of COVID deaths? Yeah. Showed that show. Much that that's going because like round one covid alpha the one that i got i'm assuming the one i got that one was the most deadly as far as i understand but that's kind of not what he said he said the other one was the most virulent but it's like yeah it's now very communicable 
Right. But it's generally not that deadly. And the flu seasons do kill people in China, yeah. but they don't decimate Chinese population. Right. And the current variant, unless it's going to super mutate or like we were saying, like there's some sort of receptor in Chinese people or the Asiatic people that's going to cause like a super death. It's like, like one, the antivirus stuff didn't work anyway. So, right. and going back to that, it's like, okay, so does theirs not work like work like the Russians doesn't work where like it doesn't kill you in some bizarre ways like ours do? Right. Yeah. Or does it not work and it kills you even worse? Yeah. And yeah. like the further question would be like, and this is kind of like, you know, the whole idea of saving face. It's like, and this kind of, I think goes to Sahan's point of like China having no competent people left. Yeah. It's like, okay. However many million people there are in China, let's just say there's a billion even. Let's just say that's the number. Yeah. You've had three and a half years. You couldn't vaccinate all of them in that time. Like you knew yeah. you weren't going to wait this virus out. Like there was no evidence that that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Like, and I that I mean, that's one of those things that I don't like the whole, but I mean, from Peter Zion, what he says is the issue is, is this cult of personality around G. And I don't know, I don't know to what degree that's true or whatever, but like, I, I don't, maybe, I mean, maybe I, I kind of get the same sense from what's going on in Europe right now, where it's like the people who are in charge don't have the ability to properly assess risk, I guess, or, co or cost benefit. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's so in China, they're like, okay, well, the solution is we'll just shut down everything. Okay. But you also realize that's going to destroy your economy. And that part is like ancillary. And then sort of like Europe's got the same thing where they're like, we're going to sanction Russia right now, according to the UK energy minister or whatever, 9 million people are not going to be able, they're going to have to make a decision to either buy food or heat their house this winter. That's a very large number of people <laughs> and, and they're like, Oh, but don't worry. We're going to give everybody 25 pounds a month for their power bill. And it's like, yeah, but their power bill is like 3000 pounds now or something. Yeah. Crazy. But it's capped and it's like yeah. capped at some stupidly low number, but yeah. like the idea that was, but that was, you know, that number is very large when pounds were $2 yeah. now that they're like a dollar. It's kind of like, well, and the other Americans, issue, it's like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, the other <laughs> issue and you, you, as you and I both know is the caps don't matter anyways, because if it's a supply issue, well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter how much you are not allowed to charge for it at a certain point, there just isn't any. So, yeah. but like, and that's kind of the thing that like, and that's the, I think the difference in China is the long game and and i think this is kind of that thing of and i you know going back to your kind of like oh yeah covid's a thing that happened well i think that's kind of how g is at this point where it's i've been alive and he's like in his 60s or 70s or something like i mean he's not yeah, something like that he's not 40 and he's not 50 so he's somewhere north of 60 yeah, and I'll look it up real quick. It's He's like 69. How much, yeah, how much crap has he seen in his life? And then also, like, if you like, say you are like, you come into the you come into the 
palace in Beijing that he lives in. And there's a book. And that book is in Mao Zedong's hands. And he's like, my son, you find yourself at the charge of the Chinese nation, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, in the Great Famine, I killed 100 million people. Mm-hmm. You won't do that bad. Like, yeah. that's and, kind of the thing. And I guess by that, that by that measurement, like. I, but like, I think that's kind of that thing is like, you know, like who would have thought, and this is, you know, going to your point about um, Alex Epstein's point about like, oh, the world's getting warmer, that there's some advantages to that. Yeah. But China killed the sparrows and a hundred million people died. One of the things that yep. they say, and I, again, this is all that classic environmentalist who knows, but they think that like some of the ice age like events kind of happened do like, and hey, it's not the ice age events, but like there used to be these massive algae blooms yeah. in the Northern, the Northern seas. And that helped bring down the temperatures and stuff like that. And could have precipitated like stuff like that, where it's like, okay, well, if it gets warmer, yes, it's better for certain animals. Right. And I'm not saying that <clears throat> it, we wouldn't find a way to survive, but there's also like, you know, these mat, it's like the dead, the dead, zones in the uh the caribbean seas and stuff like that like the gulf of mexico it's like okay what is that changing about general weather environment for the animals that live in the area that sustain this it's like you know the um joe rogan had this like sustainable farmer on and the guy's like oh i believe in global warming and it's like okay great get it but he's a regenerative farmer and he's like, look, yeah. you can literally see my side of the river and this, my neighbor's side of the river. Yeah. I think I saw that episode. Most of this guy's topsoil is washing away. Yeah. So like doing certain, certain things changing, it's not necessarily that I'm saying it's like, I believe in global warming and yada, 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 or we shouldn't damage the environment. But like, there's a certain point of like, okay, if enough stuff changes, we may not have predictable other things. It's like, who would have like, you know, who would have thought that there would, they would drain the aquifers so much in, in California that the land would begin to shrink. Right. Yep. And like, realistically, unless you can start building nuclear power plants and just start desalinating water that you just literally pump into the aquifer. Yeah. There's no natural way to ever recover that. Yeah, and, and even and even human then, span. Well, part of the issue with the with what's going on in California is that when the when the water comes out, it compresses, and you can't really you can't fill it back up. I mean, you yeah, have to do some sort of artificial aquifer. Yeah, you can't unscrew it, and so yeah. like there's like all this stuff where it's like, not that I think Epstein's incorrect about a warming world being better for humans and stuff like that, but at a certain point, it's like they you know it's like oh we're going to terraform this other planet and it's like look at christmas island with the 80 million red crabs that only live on that island yeah and it's like there's all these like yes we could go in there and introduce rats that would kill off these things and do this stuff and then change it and then possibly all of the vegetation dies and then we bring in this other vegetation then the island basically gets wiped away because it's the only thing that sustained the island was the vegetation that was the yada 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 you know what i mean so like right. that's well, that, kind of that, that. i think that was kind of one of his 
point, I, we won't get into it too much, is though that he's like, the issue is that the, the schooling that you and I went through in, in public school has made us think in a particular way. Yes. And the issue is that what, the way we should be thinking is in terms of human flourishing. We shouldn't be thinking in terms of environmental preservation, which from his standpoint, he goes, if you, if humans do flourish, there is something about that. We like this stuff and we want it preserved because rich nations have parks, mm -hmm. have, have preservation like reserves and things like that. And also go around and try to figure out what's going on in the ecosystem and like that sort of stuff. People in, you know, Djibouti or wherever, somewhere in Africa, uh, is Djibouti in Africa? I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these people who are really, they're living hand to mouth. They, and most of their heating is done by cow dung and they, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have any electricity most of the time and like all that sort of stuff. He goes, those types of people, if you can wow. lift them out of poverty, they will be interested in the same sorts of things that people wow. in the West are interested in, like keeping wow. a, a nice national park. But yeah. he says the, the issue is the big issue is that we come like, they did a really good, the environmental movement did a really good job infiltrating the schools and getting people to think this way. And this, this thought process makes Westerners basically show up in Djibouti and go, oh, you have to preserve all of this land, even though you're starving to death. Or, or so, your kids can't work in a factory, so they've got to be child prostitutes or like, yeah, yes, yeah, things shit like that, rivers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, like or, or, you know, like, or they're like, well, we need electric cars. So your kids have to go work in the lithium mines. And yeah. it's like, okay. So it's, there's, it's, you know, this, it, it, it's, it, I, I, I'm still kind of like understand. I, I think I might read his newest book uh, when I get a chance, but I'm still kind of like some of the stuff that he's saying is, is very interesting to me. Like the thing that we were I was telling you earlier that he said was that in the last 15 years, there's 15% more greening on the planet. Mm -hmm. And the majority of that is in the deserts. And, he kind of explained why was that I guess when uh, when there's more carbon in the air, the the uh, I don't know what you call them, but the little things that breathe in carbon on plants on their leaves, there's like Chlorophyll? those little pores. And it's like pores that breathe in on mm -hmm. carbon. I don't okay, know what they're you. called, but yeah. when there's more carbon in the atmosphere, those are much smaller. And when they're much smaller, there's less water wasted in the plant, so the plants become much more efficient of using water. Mm -hmm. So in places where there's not a lot of water, you end up getting a lot more greening, which then cools the temperature down and brings in more water. So like there's, so it's, it's, it's really interesting because it creates low pressure systems. And so he's, so he said, there's a lot of this stuff that, uh, and he said, the issue is not that the environmentalists are wrong when they're like, you know, we have like a sea life die off in somewhere, you know, and it, he's like, no, that's right. And, and we should address that at some point. Um, possibly now we should address it. Maybe. But he goes, but they'll never admit that there could be some benefits to the climate changing or some benefits to just more carbon generally. I mean, like, actually, this is a big thing that's going on in Canada right now where they're trying to shut down all the greenhouse tomato producers because they're because they pump carbon into the greenhouses to grow larger tomatoes. And uh, and the government's saying that's not carbon neutral. So you, you're going to get a special tax or we're going to shut you down. And so the like so the conservatives in Canada are like, we're trying to keep 
things local, like our food production and stuff local, we set up these greenhouses, they pump in carbon dioxide. I'm not sure what the source of the carbon dioxide is, but they pump carbon dioxide in to concentrate it so that you get bigger fruit and more yields. And then the government comes in and goes, that's not carbon neutral, we're taxing you. So yeah. instead, we want you to ship tomatoes in from Mexico via diesel trucks. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> like, but that's kind of what Alex Epstein kind of talks about. He goes, there's a lot of this stuff that they think at stage one, or they have one particular thing in, in mind, carbon bad or human activity bad. Yeah. And that's as far as they get. They don't think anything else through. So, exactly. It, it, I mean, it, it's just, they're rife with it. So, mm -hmm. but let's go on to something that we actually like, yeah. uh, which is drinking. Yes. As we've discussed with carbon. Uh, yeah. Mine, mine has carbon in it anyways. I mean, cause I didn't well, have a wine today. <laughs> I mean, technically they all have carbon in it because That's they're true, all yeah. plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you've got a meat drink, which would be gross as hell. <laughs> It'd be interesting. <laughs> Fermented beef steak drink. Right. <laughs> I wonder what that would be like. I wonder if there are if there is fermented meat uh, products. Because um, salami well, is technically fermented. Yeah, no, that's that's correct. Um, I was gonna say, like, if you think about it, like kombucha and stuff like that. Like, I mean, well, anything that's like a yeast based, like you are, eh, it's kind of yeast shit. <laughs> Like really, yeah. I, I guess the the closest thing I would think to a animal product based alcohol would be mead, because uh, it's no, they have fermented milk stuff. Oh, do like, they? Okay. Like I think there's some like alcoholic like horse milk drinks. Like oh, in, that's it used to be like Mongolia. Like they used to be their drink of choice was like fermented horse milk. I would try that. I like, I like, you don't like dairy as much, but I, I like, no, dairy I have done for <laughs> so, um, so what'd you, what did you have? So I got, uh, while we were at the grocery store today, which, um, I could complain about inflation, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe how much more expensive eggs are from, maybe I just haven't paid attention to it, but like for a dozen and a half eggs, it was like eight ninety nine. Well, you know, it's like bird flu, right? Oh, is that what's going on? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there was a huge amount of uh, culling oh, okay. um, over the this year. Um, now, inflation, yes, but there was also yeah. this huge amount of culling in, uh, like, bird factories and stuff. I, I don't remember what I used to pay, but I don't think I paid anywhere near that much before. Uh, I, I mean, I would maybe not half, but probably, anyways, it doesn't matter. So while we were walking around, um, there is a brewery that uh, Will likes called Lakewood Brewing mm -hmm. over here in Fort Worth. And um, they had a, a winter ale. Mm -hmm. um, let's see if I can show that there. It's called Sweat Sweater Weather. Sweater a nice little weather. flame logo. Yeah. yeah. Sweat. I can't say it. Sweater Weather. Sweat winter. Sweater Weather. Yeah. <laughs> Winter warm ale. Um, is it winter warm or winter warmer? You're winter warmer. You're right. You you read that for less time than me, and you were able to get that. No, <laughs> no, because um, most of the winter ales I've seen this season have been winter warmers, okay. and I don't I don't know what that's supposed to imply. Well, um, I, I will say this about it that I I think is interesting. So it's seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Um, it's pretty good. 
it, it it does kind of give you like a flushness to your face, or at least to me it does. Um, I thought that was it, your allergic reaction happening. I, I, <laughs> you were talking yeah, about from the hay. Yeah, I, I was. I did have an allergic reaction to the hay, but like after I started drinking this, my face became very flush, and mm-hmm. I and that might be the warming effect that they're talking about. Um, it's pretty good. I I like it. It's it's a it's like a heavy winter ale. It's just it's a. Let's see where, what it says. It says, enjoy the great outdoors with a big classic Belgian style winter warmer. So I guess a winter warmer is a style. Um, Tis the season for fire, fire pits, patio, heaters, and good company. Hmm. And what's kind of neat about this is they give a Paris with list on it. Mm. Uh, so it says, well, the first one you won't like, Paris with aged Gouda. Uh, <laughs> ah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, f- fudge brownies and then uh also pairs with i can see my breath so because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good that was pretty good uh so flavor i like it uh very very multi extremely mm-hmm. multi i would say um kind of caramely it's uh not super fizzy it's it's fizzy but it's like a, an ale level fizziness mm-hmm. um it's, Any, it's pretty like, thick. Mold. It's sticky. It's uh, so like those are kind of the things that are kind of I wouldn't say different about it, but very typical of wintry style ones. It's not crisp like uh, a lot of them. So it's, it's kind of a thicker, heavier beer. Yeah. So I also wasn't in, I wasn't going to intending to review this one, but I'll okay. review it. Um, so Kova, which is the coffee shop brewery that's at the other end of Ocean View for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I went to Bold Mariner to get this porter that they had apparently aged in wine barrels. And this is the one where I saw the Brazil shootout, uh, in the world cup and I saw him lose. I thought it was funny. Um, I was texting you about it, but like they, like, I was trying to ask for this and like, I forgot the name of it. And the guy, like the guy's done it to me twice where I went in looking for a specific one and he wasn't like oh man we just ran out of that he's just like oh we got this instead and he lists like oh. two other things and it's like yeah your fucking website says you have this on can in cans available now again going back to inventory system it's like it, it's not hard to have your like it it may be expensive and that might be a different conversation but it is not hard to have all of your cans scanned into your inventory system and then list them as available and then have them go out of being available on your friggin' website. But every time I go into Bold Mariner, this is a thing and I'm, it drives me nuts. So I go down to Cova and for my wife, I get like a four pack of stouts and each one's different. So it's like a mm-hmm. chocolate mint stout, chocolate raspberry stout. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, cool. So they've got a winter warmer. So I pick up their winter warmer and I swear it's almost flat, but not in a bad way, but okay. flatter than I would have thought. Yeah. I had one cold and it was better cold than it was warm. And you know me, I'll drink most things warm, but like for me, like a winter warmer, I would expect like to serve warmer, like house temperature, yeah. but maybe not like we keep our house at like 68. So, you know, it's probably where this was is probably 65. It's, you know, whatever, but it like basically tasted like molasses, which I like molasses a lot, but like it also then had like a sweet cinnamon kind of like note at the end that was just kind of off-putting. Oh, interesting. And okay. Like for me, it's like when I think of winter warmer, I'm thinking like cardamom. I'm thinking like yeah, 
cinnamon, yes, but like kind of light cinnamon, like dark and, and stuff like that. And like this year's round of winter and dark beers, other than winter lager from Samuel Adams, Which has good. been kind of disappointing for me so far. Cause like I haven't found a really good stout. I haven't found like a really good standard porter. Yeah. I did have um, a honey brown from tradition. Oh, the honey brown from tradition was pretty damn good. Okay. Um, I, I do like honey brown. So that was one of the beers I made when we yeah. lived out there. The Jake's big belly brown ale. Yeah. I like brown ale and um, this honey brown was like, I pr- probably would have preferred it not to have been a honey brown, just a standard brown. Cause that's kind of sure. what I was looking for, but I, either way it was fine. But what I actually bought for the show was going back to our Turkey episode, which I don't know if we actually ever released that episode. Uh, yeah. I had, I couldn't get it to sync up correctly. Like that's the right. Tracks. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, we talked about uh, wines to have with Thanksgiving, and one of the one of the whites that I can never remember I like until I see a bottle of it is Chin Blanc. Oh yeah, and so I picked up a Chin Blanc from South Africa. So oh, cool. okay. I was like, Ooh, like so this is a uh, Seaward Chin Blanc 2021. Um, so on the the front, it's got W dot O coastal region. So western something i don't yeah. really know what that's supposed to mean yeah i don't remember um, all of their regions or where their yeah. abbreviations for it so then it's a uh, spear Annandale road stellenbush which we did talk about a lot yeah. for yeah. a while um south africa so it's a 14 percent alcohol um this is one of those wines where i don't know how much you would like it but like i really yeah. like like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you and I like Vignet and like, yeah, the there's like petite, not petite men saying, but like there's a petite, like white that like it's it's yeah. a different level white. Like, I really like this white. Um, I like Riesling. I like, um, I can't remember even off the top of my head, uh, a Pinot Grigio a lot, but yeah. like Chin Blanc messes with me less than those other ones. Like, sure, in this one was, um, so like it was very bright in flavor and in smell and like Chin Blanc is also known for being pretty acidic. So it was pretty acidic. Um, I thought the acidity was like very interesting cause it was like, I had a Grenache, which I've reviewed before. It was like some general Spanish Grenache that we just bought to have with a okay. steak dinner we had. And I had a glass of that as well. And like with the reds, you get the tannins a lot with the acidity, not all yeah. the time, but a little, you know, a lot of the wines that you and I like, it's, acidity and tannins in the red yeah yeah like granacha tempranillo like you get a lot of that this is really just the acidity there's like obviously no tannins because it's a white and it's not like a crazy georgian where you're like there's somehow tannins in this right yeah yeah. what is this um but and it was like good acidity that cuts through and so like my wife said that like and like, and I think this is the acidity of it. And, you know, as I always talk about, like, I like that kind of off style pairing, but mm-hmm. this isn't an off style pairing. I say is like much as like buttery shellfish. So it's like the fat oh, okay. coats your tongue and then the acidity helps strip it off. Yeah, but yeah, it, I could see that. Yeah. Not Except like, I, a, although I don't like shellfish, but, uh, exactly. But I, could but, see, like, but I could see that pairing, but like, you could also pair, pair it with like a buttery shrimp, maybe like, yeah, maybe shrimp. Yeah. Uh, flavor like that um so like but my wife said it smelled heavily of jasmine and this is one of the first times i've ever heard her say this is it tasted of green apple which i've heard before okay but this is the same thing as like 
she was like, there's more going on here than just the green apple. And I'd have to drink a bunch more of it to like kind of flush it out. And she drank a bunch of the bottle herself. Okay. Um, so this was like a really, really highly recommended from us. So like, if you can get a hold of this, um, uh, it's so at the bottom, it says, 1692 spear so i don't know if oh that i know that and, i know that, that yeah. uh i know them you know that label yes uh i they have a uh they have a um pinotage that's pretty good um it's like is it it's spears or spires or something like that s-p-i-e-r so yeah, i would spire. spear uh, I would, maybe yeah, maybe spear but yeah, yeah. I, you, you know i think you're probably correct spire yeah, they, um, I've, I've reviewed their pinotage i think for our show um yeah and i do see it here is that my total wine I'll try yeah, this out. So, I, I do. I do like Chenin Blanc as well. Um, uh, Ricky has has been doing those in the last couple of batches that I got from him. Um, I think it was uh, Chenin Blanc from New Mexico, uh, so it'd be kind of an interesting comparison. Yeah, and then like it was a fourteen percent alcohol by volume, and then I think and I it's paid pretty like, cheap too, only ten ninety nine. I think I paid, I mean, in like in Virginia, I pay more for wine than that. But yeah. like, yeah, it was like under $20 and definitely like a solid pickup. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I actually, this brand I think is pretty good uh, or this uh, label. Um, it's, uh, so they, I've actually had a couple of the things. I'm looking at my order history on the Total mm-hmm. Wine site. I've actually had several things from them. I've had their cab. I've had their Pinotage and I gave a four star to both of those. And um, they have a Merlot. I haven't had that one, but I haven't had their Chenin Blanc either. So I've had those, I've had those two. The, and I know I've had that Pinotage a couple of times because I do, I like Pinotage. That's one of the things that they're really well known for in uh, mm. South Africa. That's their like signature red. Um, I know that's, I, from my understanding, that's kind of a controversial grape from wine snobs but i like it a lot it's mm-hmm. extremely tannic it's very punchy like it's it's a new it's a very new world grape it's i i, I like it a lot you, you and i both like the kind of the new world yeah. fruitiness and heavy tannins strong flavors so uh so I'll, yeah i'll definitely check that out i think that'd be that'd be good yeah all right well uh i guess that's it for us tonight yeah. Uh, so I get, actually oh, oh. some government complaining and wine talk. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So um, I, I sent out a new newsletter for Childerberg. Uh, so the early bird is over. So it's now it's the, I think $60 is the campsite price. Now the early bird's over. Let me double check that. I can't remember what I, what I set it to go to after. Uh, yeah. 60. So it's, yeah. So now that it's over at 60, um, there are still spots left over in the newsletter. Go if you go sign up for the newsletter on childerberg.com, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and send out a new one to you or another one out to you just to remind you. The news location is uh, called Rebecca Creek Campgrounds. Uh, it's about 20 minutes south of where we were previously. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good place because they're gonna let us do everything on site rather than having to go to other places. And it's private, which is nice. Um mm-hmm. My wife was down there. She rented a cabin on uh, Canyon Lake, which is right next to this. And she says the area is just as beautiful as uh, just as beautiful as, you know, Marble Falls, where we were before Spicewood. So uh, it's going to be nice. I I, uh, am pretty excited. And we've got a lot of people signing up already. So uh, I I do have an upper upper threshold, though, this year. So 
uh, we can't have more than 200 people. <laughs> if we do have more than 200 people, I've got to figure figure it out. But uh, we, we're not at that level yet. But um, last year we were at a little bit more than 200. So make sure to get your tickets early, just because I'm gonna have to cut. I'm gonna have to cut it off at some point if we get to the same numbers as last year. Yeah. All right. So yeah, man. Uh, I'll put that information in another newsletter. But if you haven't already signed up, go on to childerberg.com and sign up and then go over to tastinganarchy.com and sign up for last bottle wines, our eternal sponsor. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, you get 10, 10 bucks off your first purchase of wine or 30 bucks off. I don't remember what it is. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Okay. Yep. And, um, yep. And it's, they're, they always have really good deals there too. So, uh, I haven't ordered something from them for a while. I think, I I think I'm due to. So, uh, all right. So stay free, stay free.